You're listening to Blast Podcasting, episode 29. Castlevania and more. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Blast Podcasting. It's me, Xander, and I'm joined with... Anthony. <laughs> How's it going, Anthony? It's been a while. It's been a while, but let me tell you what July has been. It's been nothing but a fucking orgasm of goddamn games. Oh, Especially yeah. on the Switch. It's just like, boom! Yeah, it's it's been it's been quite an interesting month to say the least, and uh, yeah, you, you know, um, uh, before we started recording, I did show you uh, something I had gotten in the mail, and I ha- actually have a very funny story about it because um, I got R Type Final Two uh, from Amazon. Mm-hmm. It was funny because I paid the thirty dollars, and I thought I was just going to get the you know the vanilla game. I was just going to get the game, but I ended up getting the flight edition, which came with. Uh, the art book and the soundtrack, it came in a bigger box. I was like, whoa. Did it not... come with the DLC? I'm not sure. I didn't know there was DLC. Yeah, there's DLC because what there is is there are three remix modes and mm-hmm. then the main story mode. And the three remix modes re- are levels from older R-types. Ah. I know I've Dude. just been I've just been in a really big R type mood lately, so I was like, man, I really wanted to play it. And I like it so far. It's hard as shit, though. I'll admit it. It's R-type. A, it is a difficult game. It is. It is. But you know what? It, it is. I don't know why, but it got shitted on. Probably because it was hard. I I don't know why. It's it's just it's it's weird. And then it's just it's a good game, though, man. Yeah. And what about? I mean, you know, we've we've got something else coming out this week that I'm excited for. Darius EX Burst. Oh yeah. Now I think that's been out on PS4 for a while, but yeah, I know I, it's coming to Switch. And speaking of uh, shooters, I got uh, I got the Cotton reboot. Same here. Uh, the other day too, and it's it's really good. I mean, here's the thing about the Cotton reboot is this, it's not reinventing the wheel. Like it's it's just a, a, an actual reboot of the first Cotton, which isn't a bad thing. No, it's fun though, and it's got. I never played Cotton. Oh, it's so good! It's one of my favorite I, shooters. Yeah, I had never played it before though. This reboot, I play. I have enjoyed it, and I love the like the the element, the mechanics with like the crystals, and you hit the crystals, and they uh, basically power you up. Mm-hmm. Just, just so many unique mechanics. And you know, I've been going through so much shit personally. I, I was like, you know what? I'm. I want to get myself a nice. Mm-hmm thick grindy rpg so i got the uh, hg remaster for nocturne Ooh, that you well if you're in for a good nice grindy rpg there you go <laughs> that's what i was thinking i was like i was like you know what if i, I, I want to get something that wants to take my mind off that's going to like take up all my time that's the game to do it mm-hmm. you, you know we got to before we get into castlevania i got so many games to talk about from mario golf to i mean you know my fiance got mario golf and we've been playing that Mm-hmm. That's one of our games that we've been playing. That Mario Golf's fun. It is, and I'm not a big golf guy. I've always liked. I've always liked the Mario Golf series. It's always something a little special to it. And that's another game that was got that got slammed a lot. A lot of people were slamming it for some reason. I was like, "What were you expecting? It's Mario Golf." I'm like, "I don't, I don't know what they were expecting when they got this game." They, they were saying the campaign was short, dude. I let me tell you something about the campaign. I barely made it to the third course. I don't know if it's because I suck. I'm 20 hours barely beating the second course. How is that a short campaign? <laughs> right? And, and, it mean, and you get that game. That Those games are made to play with your friends and to play online. Those games are not single-player games. No. They're not. 
No. I would even argue. I would even argue that games like Mario Kart are not single player games. They can be, but that's not what they're. That's not no. the essence. That's not what makes them special. No, no. The best memories of Mario Kart that I have, Xander. Um, you know, it's another series I'll add to that that I've been playing a lot of Bomberman. Yeah, uh, Bomberman is another series like that that I have memories of. I'll I'll tell you a quick memory. Back in '97. You know, PlayStation was all that, but I was still playing Super Nintendo. I had my PlayStation and my Super Nintendo, right? Yeah. My cousin had a multi-tap mm-hmm. and Bomberman. So I had two controllers. He had two controllers. Me, my best friend to this day, my cousin, and somebody else. I don't even remember who it was. But we this was like in September of 97 on a Saturday. We, play, we started playing Bomberman, Super Bomberman at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. By the time we knew it, it was 6 a.m. That's when you know you're playing a good game. Uh, when you when you have, whenever someone mentions Bomberman, it makes you think of, uh, of course, the Sega Saturn version. And I remember I went to an anime convention and they had a they had a game room. And one of the things they had in that game room was a projector television, like a, a big a big screen or a projector, like going on a mm-hmm. big white plane. And uh, they were playing the Sega Saturn Bomberman, and they had. The double multi taps, so you had a ten player oh. Bomberman going on a huge screen that covered almost the whole wall, and that was that oh. was pretty awesome. That was pretty dope. Dude, I've been playing Super Bomberman R, and I love it. Do you like that? I, I, I downloaded it. I haven't played it yet. Uh, I know there's a lot of like pay to win mechanics to it, which kind of turned me off. But I, I definitely, I mean, no, it's free, so I mean, no, 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 no. There's not play to win mechanics. the The way it works is um, there are characters you can buy. But a couple of the lock characters, they do it like League of Legends did, where a couple characters are free each week. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of balances out. I play, you know what, Xander? I see more people playing as free characters than paid ones. But I bought them because I, I love that game. And it's got like Castlevania and Silent Hill characters you're going to unlock, mm-hmm. which is pretty freaking dope. It's awesome. Dude, fucking the most broken character is Pyramid Head. Oh, I imagine. Let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you why. Each character, especially the special characters, they have limits on on all the bombs, right? Right. Okay. Pyramid Head can cannot power up his bombs, speed, or fire ups. But his special ability is if he turns it on and he touches you, it counts as a KO. Oh wow! Yeah. It's bullshit. So so that's how, but that's how they balance it because he doesn't he doesn't he can't bomb shit. Yeah. Well, he can, but he sucks at. Well, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, we're, we're talking about games here. There is one thing I want to mention before we segue into some of the other media that I definitely wanted to get your opinion on, Anthony. Um, right before we started recording, I saw this uh, article come up from, like, I think it was like Nintendo Life on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, of course, now... You know, the Switch Pro is, is dead in the water. Everyone talked about the Switch Pro for fucking years, and Nintendo finally put a stop to it. As a matter of fact, Nintendo like went after a lot of these like supposed leakers, and were just pretty much politely saying, shut the fuck up about this bullshit. Yeah. And uh, so now, the, the, the rumor is that we're going to have a Nintendo Direct in September, and they're like, oh, are they going to announce... GameCube and N64 games on the Virtual Console Online program. And here's the thing. This is the thing that fucking pisses me off. Okay? Because you got Nintendo Life that posts this bullshit that has a question mark at the end of it, which means they don't fucking know. They're just making an assumption. But 
dumbasses, and that's right, I will call them what they are, fucking mm-hmm. dumbasses, see the headline and start making comments being like, well, I hope they put, uh, I hope they put Mario 64 on it. Oh, I hope they put, uh, Eternal Darkness on it. Like, like, like it's fucking gospel. <laughs> and I'm just like, do you guys don't, do you guys fucking read? Do you guys read anything? Do you guys have reading comprehension? Because there's a question mark at the end of it. <laughs> meaning they don't fucking know. They know about as much as you do. And I'm sorry to go on this rant, but it just it was right before the show and I saw this and I was just like, dude, I died in the fucking mood to see that shit. <laughs> and with that guys hold on. And with that guys, Xander out. The yeah. typical Magus <laughs> Magus <laughs> exit. With that guy's Magus out. With that yeah. guy's Xander. Um, real quick on that, that, you know, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to add another service to it, but you know what I would rather see? What's that? G- GBA or Game Boy. Yeah. Because let's be honest, what, what's on the N64? Yeah. I mean, everyone's won that Zelda. They're wanting that fucking Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. They, that's what, they, that's what they want. You know what I can do, Xander? I have a 3DS. I can uh, go play it like now. So <laughs> yeah, I got a Wii U. You can play it on Wii U, and you can play it on emulation. And here's here, okay. You just sparked up another Xander rant. Okay. Okay. Why are people wanting fucking GameCube and N64 games on this online service when they spend every fucking moment that a game's announced to complain about the lineups that are coming out for a $20 oh service that they're already fucking paying for to play online games? I'm sorry. I don't know anyone off the top of their head who pays $20 for the Switch Online to play fucking retro games. They're paying for the online service. These games that get announced and put out are just like little like, oh, this is kind of cool sort of thing. But it seems like every fucking time they put out a game, someone's got to complain about it because mm-hmm. it's not Earthbound, it's not Chrono Trigger, it's not Mario RPG, it's not fucking Spot. I don't fucking know. It's oh. what they don't want. So they complain about it. And it's just like, you can play these games other ways. You don't have to spend the $20 for Switch Online. If that's what you, if that's your way of one day playing Earthbound, I'm, I feel sorry for you. Yeah, I don't understand that. That, that. I hate when people complain about it. couple things. One, Chrono Trigger will never, ever be on that service. Because you know why? Square Enix will release that game separately. Yeah. If they ever decide to put on the Switch. Final Fantasy VI, the same fucking thing. I mean, what are they doing now? What are they doing fucking now on mobile and, and Steam? You have to buy those games individually. Yeah. Right? Okay, as for Earthbound, I am so sick of people asking for, you know, overrated, I mean, Earthbound. And, uh, <laughs> uh, dude, that is the most... Uh, look, I, I, the problem with Earthbound, and let me make it quick. People are blinded by the fucking story to that game. Yes, the story is pretty fucking cool, but goddamn, that gameplay mechanics are archaic as fuck. And before someone says, that game came out in 95, fuck you, dude. That game was archaic in 1995. Yeah. You think about it, when that, when that game came out, we had Final Fantasy IV, we had Chrono Trigger, we had Secret of Evermore, we had Illusion of Gaia. We had all these other RPGs. We had Breath of the Fire. Yeah, and they had better inventory systems instead of this bullshit. Like with Jeff, Jeff was such a pain in the ass to manage. Remember? Because all his special abilities were based off of items. Man, we're we're, we're starting this podcast up right, aren't we? 
Yeah, we are. <laughs> but, but I'm just, I'm just saying, quit asking for Earthbound. The only one that I wish, but I'm not going to go cry about, it, is, is Super Mario RPG. Now, we got some new games, and that Claymates is pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, they put I, little gems, you know. Yeah, I never, I never, I, whenever they made the announcements, I, honestly, I it doesn't bother me. Like, I, for some reason, people get really, they'll make videos about it, and they'll be, like, crying about it. And I'm like, I'm just like, I don't care. I have a Raspberry Pi. I can play any of these fucking games I want. You know, I didn't pay the $20 a year in hoping that Nintendo would gracefully give me a game that I really want. That's, that's, you know, that's crazy. You know what's crazy is I play that service a lot. I've advanced a hundred mm-hmm. and some hours in them in the Nintendo. But I'll tell you this, Xander. I don't there's plenty of good shit on there. You you can't tell me possibly that you've played all those games. I know, right? And that's another thing. You can't tell me you, you've played there is a, on record without these SP editions, a hundred and ten games on that service combined with Super Nintendo and and NES. You cannot fucking tell me you've played every game on there and you're bored of it. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, like I said, I, that's why I'm like, you know, if they release GameCube, Game Boy Advance, whatever they announce or whatever they put it out, if they do it, uh, I don't even know why people are are getting that excited because you know they're just going to be bitching. When, when the lineup comes out, they're just going to be upset because they can't play fucking Shadow the Hedgehog on the fucking GameCube on their fucking Nintendo Switch. You know what I heard someone <laughs> complaining about, dude? What's that? I saw the stupidest comment. Where's Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3? On the Sega Collection. And I told him that, but someone <laughs> was complaining that not being on the Super Nintendo. You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about now. Jeez. Right? Well, okay. Let, let's get in. Let's get into some... Uh, before we get into Castlevania, uh, I, Anthony, you want to talk a little bit about He-Man. Oh! Yeah, talk about the rant. Oh, talk I know. about. It. I'm not gonna spoil it, but fucking, you know, I like Kevin Smith, but fuck him on this. Fuck oh, him wow. on this. He has screwed up He Man so much that is now the Tila show. Well, see here. Here's my thing about the He Man. Okay, because I watched it, and I'll admit, I never really watched the He Man cartoon that much growing up. I watched a couple episodes. I had a couple of the toys. But I was never like into He Man like some folks. Um, but I'll say this: I think the biggest problem with this uh, show is not so much Kevin Smith; it's fucking Netflix. And oh this is, yeah, and this is why I say it because I really think that Kevin Smith has made more to this show than what we saw. But because of Netflix cutting their uh, seasons into quarter chunks to keep their subscribers they ended it in such a fucking terrible note yeah and long-term fans are kind of like okay well this has fucked everything up but i think i think when we get that second quarter i think that we're i think there's gonna be some redemption in there now i'm not just just saying that because i'm like a kevin smith fan because i i'm not really that big into kevin smith either but i feel like that this was like just done wrong that makes any sense. I feel like this it, is just it, done wrong. I am a hardcore T, uh, He-Man fan. I'm going to give you a challenge, okay? Can you, if you have the time, okay. between now and the next one we record, real quick. It's on Netflix, not Netflix. It's on YouTube. Go watch the first four episodes of He-Man 2002. 
Oh, see, I heard that was really good. Dude, He-Man 2002 is one of the best animated series ever made, in my opinion. Here's the problem with it, though. Cartoon Network cut it short. Yeah. Can't like what they but, did with Thundercats. Yeah, but it was such a good reboot. And you sh- you got to watch it. It is really, really fucking good. And it it really, what it did was, I've been a long-term He-Man since I was a little kid. Okay, I'm 38, so I grew up in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Like somewhat in the 80s, I guess. I kind of remember the 80s. But <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, the, the point I'm trying to make, Xander, is that is that I grew up watching the original. And then if you want another great He-Man story, read the, read the 2012 DC Comics series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that series has a beginning, middle, and end. And in fact, it has the same premise as the Kevin Smith series, but does it way better with Tila getting everyone back together. Yeah. But it's done better. So my point is is that there is better He-Man media out there than this. And like I said, if you get a chance, watch He-Man 2000. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. I heard that was a really good show. I uh like I said though, I mean I, I know a lot of people, I mean that that was that was the hot topic this week on uh social media was the whole He Man debacle. You had a lot of people a lot of people like getting pretty pretty spicy about that take. And uh I, I, I'll say this though, I, I wanna give it some time. And the reason why I want to say I wanna give it some time is because this goes into our main topic. That's the season finale or series finale, even though there's going to be a spinoff coming right around the corner of Castlevania on Netflix. Um, yep. Okay, now we, we've we done a review on every season since we started this show. The, uh, the Yeah, the first season was, the first episode was this series. Yep, and I think, uh, I think you know, back then it was still, we were still on season one. We were talking about season two in the first episode. So we've uh, we've done every single season, and... Uh, you know, of course, I do want to leave a disclaimer for some reason. If you have not seen season four of Castlevania, this is going to be spoilers. We are going to be talking about spoilers in this. So uh, that show's been out long enough. That I think I, I think it's okay to talk about spoils at this point. Is that is that the internet rules right now? Right. Is it long enough? What is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's talking about He-Man. Everyone's like, fuck Castlevania right now. So I think it's okay. But yeah, I mean, okay. If you could describe season four in one word, Anthony, what word would that be? It it made season three look stupid, and it was great. I I was going to say my my one word would be redemption. Yep. It was definitely... It is what Disney wanted to do with <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Fuck that <Okay>. movie. <laughs> Best way to describe it is because season three, season three was pretty weak. Okay, we we all talked about season three. It wasn't. It was. It was very long winded. It was very character um, developing in more ways than one, and. It ultimately took the lore of Castlevania and went in its own direction, and it left us all fucking puzzled about the next season, where season four took a lot of elements from the Castlevania series, took a lot of their own lore, because let's face it, Netflix has their own Vania lore now. That's that's why I'll get into this new spinoff right. they've been talking about. They had their own lore at this point, but they made it work. 
and they made it work in such an interesting way. It wasn't perfect. I do have some complaints about season four, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I I kind of like that they started off with Trevor and Sypha, you know, going and trying to stop people from resurrecting Dracula. I thought that was so yeah. fucking hilarious in the beginning. They're just like they're going to different parts of the world and stopping these different cults and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool and. Also, I really like Isaac. Isaac was probably my favorite character in that whole series, to be honest. Right. Because Isaac, you know, it, he pretty much was the redemption of what Dracula could have been. Because mm-hmm. he started out where he hated society, and he started learning through the demons, through the, the these, uh, you know, forge masters and, uh, you know, demons, started learning, you know, about humanity, Right. I thought that was a really interesting take. Yeah, I I, I thought it was interesting. See, the my my only my problem is more of a lack of knowledge with like with Isaac and Hector because I never played those PlayStation Two games. Mm-hmm. So like I'm not as familiar with them with you, so I can't comment them as much as you can. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'll See, say I'll say this like Isaac. Isaac compared to Curse of Darkness to Isaac and Netflix. I feel like the Isaac Netflix is a lot better for what it is. Okay. Isaac and Curse of Darkness, he's a bad guy. He, he he's just a bad guy. You know, he he just you know he he fucks around, makes everything bad for for Hector, and you know he's just a bad guy. Where Isaac has a little bit more depth, a little bit more character development, and uh, that that fight with him and Carmilla was just freaking epic. That was awesome. Yeah. I love that fight. You know, one thing I want to comment is Sifa and Trevor. I loved how slow their relationship was built. Same. I mean, you know, it wasn't it wasn't fast. You know, when did they? I forgot when did they finally sleep together. Was it season three, four? I, don't it, I think I think it was season three. Okay, and then it took him till the season finale to tell him how she he felt about her. Yep. The series finale. Oh, no, no. The pre-ultimate episode. My bad. My yeah. bad. Right before, you know, like... Oh, spoiler alert. Like, before he sacrificed himself. I say that in uh, quotation marks. Yeah, and and here here's the thing, too, is... Uh, you know, they had to have... They had to have a new bad guy. You know, because they, they... For some reason, they didn't... They, they kind of pinned themselves in a corner with Dracula's character. Um, so, what better character to, to bring back or to bring into the fold than death himself which i thought was a really interesting thing because death was always like the right hand man to dracula where death is almost above dracula in this one you know like it's it's really interesting and i love the plot twist with varney yeah which was you know what was funny it was varney the, the name Varney is actually from old vampire lore. Uh, before, you know, Bram Stoker wrote Count Dracula, uh, you had Varney the Vampire. And Varney yeah. the Vampire is old English literature. So when I when I heard that his name was Varney, I'm like, oh, that's that's a nice little that's a nice little Easter egg right there. Mm-hmm. That is pretty cool. They they did a lot of good little things with that, I think. Yeah, hey, hey, uh, think- and the whole the whole the whole very end of it where everything kind of ties together with St. Germain with the infinite corridor. 
uh, you know, how all the characters, you know, for a while were kind of spread out, how they all came together towards the end to that one degree was actually really, really good. And I, I, you know, I did not expect it to be as good as it was. I went into season four with very low expectations, but high hopes to some degree, uh, because, you know, I love Castlevania and I did not like the way season three was. So I was hoping they would kind of redeem themselves and, it, they did. They did a really good job. Did it make you like season three better? It made me understand season three a little bit more. I still don't mm. like. I still don't like season three, but it made me understand that's why that season happened. But it could have happened better. You know, there, there's still things in season three. I was just like, why they do this? You know, like the whole yeah. judge. The whole judge character was a complete waste. Yeah. Like there was no point for the judge character in there. I thought the judge. Oh, I agree. I thought the judge was going to be death. You know, like that's what I thought. Maybe, and maybe that's what they were trying to make folks like me think that that was going to be death. But it turned out that he was just a child murderer. That's all it was. <laughs> so, so I have a question for you. I thought the ending was interesting. Let's. I want to talk about the ending. Okay. Okay. Real quick. Dracula and Lisa were resurrected. Yeah. Okay. Now, Dracula and them, they live, they pretend to be combiners. Dracula is still a vampire, I assume, correct? Yes. Okay. And Lisa is happy, but Lisa's his anchor. So my question to you is this. How are they going to make – because I heard the next adapt, adaptation is going to be Rondo of Blood. Right. Okay. How are they going to make Dracula into a credible threat if Lisa is alive? All, the only way I can see it is if they – do the twist again and make Shaft really the villain. Yeah, which I mean, I can see Shaft being the villain, but I have another little uh, plot twist with Lisa. What's that? I, I don't even think the Netflix are even thinking this far into it. What happens if Lisa is not really Lisa? What happens if Lisa is the succubus? That's a good point. You know, maybe this whole time that he thought he had Lisa in hell with him, that actually wasn't Lisa at all, and Lisa's like in some other. You know, whatever dimension would be the opposite of hell in the Castlevania series. Because she was never really, she was never really a bad person. No. So, I mean, I see your point. That would be crazy. Maybe, maybe that's how they would set it up for Rondo of Blood. Yeah. I mean, now, I let me ask, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was also going to ask you, do do we – What about, so it looks like they're going to skip Simon, right? Yeah. So so if I understand the timeline, if we go – it's it's Trevor first. In, not, well, he's, he's not first anymore, correct? Who was first? Well, first is uh, Leon. Leon, okay. Right. And then who's next? Trevor? You got Trevor. Then you have Christopher. Then you okay. have Christopher's uh, son. And then it goes, I think after then is Jess Belmont, and then it's Simon. Okay. I think that's the way it goes. And and that's the tricky thing about Simon is because the, I think the thing that confuses people about Simon is that Simon has been in like four games, but like three of those, there's so many remakes of Castlevania 1, people don't even realize it. Yeah. So I think that offsets it. In terms of remakes, there's the, there's, there's the MSX version, there's Castlevania versus, there's Castlevania, there's what else? Super Castlevania 4. Yeah, and then Haunted, yeah, Haunted Castle in the arcades. 
oh yeah, Haunted Castle, which he's getting married in that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there's uh and then there's the Castlevania Adventure, the one for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Well, the Castlevania Adventure on, on oh yeah on PlayStation. Well, no, uh, no, that that's not the, what it's called. Chronicles, Castlevania Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm mixing it up with the Game Boy ones. Yeah. 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 So and then of course there's Castle. Then there's Simon's Quest. After yeah. said after all those, I assume. So th- the whole the whole thing is is that Simon's continuity is kind of confusing. It's like which one is the real? But I mean, in all reality. Which is the real one? That's kind of a weird question to ask because there's not much of a story of the Simon story. So, and see, that's the reason why I think they keep skipping Simon. As much as people are like, I really want to see Simon. Uh, I don't think we'll see Simon because there's not much to Simon because Simon yeah. didn't have supporting characters. What does uh, what does Rondo of Blood and and Castlevania Three have in common? They have. You know, Alucard in common, for one, if you go into the Symphony of the Night uh, after Rondo of Blood. Uh, and, and then you also have, uh, you know, you have supporting characters like you have Maria. And uh, there's so much more depth to it than Castlevania 1 or even Simon's Quest. So I think that's the reason why they kind of went away from Simon's Quest because they're like, well... One, we can't bring Alucard into Simon's Quest. That wouldn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Can't I, br- go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, because no, no, I was ahead. saying because because Alucard is the fan favorite. Alucard's like he's like the fucking uh, Boba Fett of the Castlevania series, right? You know, like everyone loves some some Alucard. So of course Netflix is going to try to um, commercialize that and try to make money off of Alucard because he's so popular. So it would make more sense for them to continue on Alucard's story ultimately and lead into Rondo of Blood going into Symphony of Night, which I really think that this spinoff season is going to be – I think it's going to be broken up. I think it's going to be the beginning of it. It's going to be Rondo of Blood. Then the second quarter of it is going to be like Symphony of Night where we see Richter Belmont become evil. We see Richter Belmont become you know possessed by Shaft and become yep. uh, tarnished and uh, mess up the Belmont name. Yeah. So I think there's a lot more there's a lot more depth than, you know, a barbarian guy named Simon who kills Dracula and oops, he gets cursed and has to find his body parts of Dracula to r- release the curse. You know, you know, going back to that to to what they do, isn't it interesting too? One thing I've always found interesting about Castlevania in general too is after Symphony, the Belmont line has pretty much disappeared. Yeah. In a sense. I mean, you know, a lot of those games are great. I mean, you got uh, what? Uh, oh, fuck, I can't even think of it. Um, not Portrait. Portrait of Ruins, one of them. Um, what's the other one? Um, you have Order of Ecclesia. Order of Ecclesia. Don, yeah. Don of Sorrow. Aria of Sorrow. I mean, think the only other one that has a Belmont in that in that kind of atmosphere is uh, Harmony of Dissonance. And Aria of Sorrow. Yeah, but even then, like, he's a side guy. Like, even a Julius Belmont def- totally defeats Dracula in the lunar eclipse. He's a side guy. Yep. And it hasn't Konami stated that Bram Stoker's Dracula is part of the canon? Yes. And the reason why is because of uh, Quincy Morris. Yep, that's right. You know, because he's uh, – Quincy Morris is an offshoot of the Belmont clan, which we saw it with, uh, you know, Portrait of Ruin, and we saw with Bloodlines on the Sega Genesis. You know, I, we really need to see more games from Castlevania. And, and here's my suggestion about it. And then we'll get back to the show. I, you just got me on the tangent. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. 
But um, what we need to do is Konami needs to outsource it to a company that is proven. Okay? I'll mm-hmm. tell you a company that I would recommend for them to outsource Castlevania to. I know everyone's going to be like, Igarashi. No, 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 no. Not Igarashi. Oh, they could. I wouldn't be against that, right? Right. Um, but I would say they should move, They should give it to WayForward. Which, I mean, they, they kind of done in the past. Yeah. Oh, they did. Uh, yeah, with the Castlevania Adventure Rebirth on the WiiWare, that, which is a great you know, game. You know, WayForward is a company that I... Pretty much every game I played from them, I, I've enjoyed. The only game that I think their weakest is the Ducktales remake. Yeah, not because of because of the cutscenes, but that's a whole other story for another day. But I mean, you look at Contra Four; that game does not get the recognition it does. So if they can do what they did with Contra Four, mm-hmm. imagine what they can do with Castlevania. Oh yeah, I think I think uh, Way Four will be. Would be a great company to take up the helm of Castlevania, and if you wanted to go into the three D Castlevania world from Soft, yeah. the, the, the <laughs> folks behind Dark Souls had to make a Castlevania. <laughs> and to be fair, Mercury Steam, I know they did uh, the Lords of Darkness, and I'm a fan of Lords of Darkness. I'm like the one person who likes it, but um, <laughs> um, it wasn't bad. The second one was doo doo. Yeah, I never played the second one, but the first one was good. But Mercury Steam, let's give them credit because. Mercury Steam, they did they did that great DS game, remember? Yeah, Mirrors of Fate, which was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's a good one. And then and then now, who are they helping? What company are they helping with a Metro Metroidvania game right now with? Good old Nintendo doing that Metroid yeah. Dread. Yep. They have proven themselves. So that's another company I wouldn't mind Konami going to. Because it's it, 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 it's to the point where it's okay to outsource your games. I mean, this is not the Philips CDI, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just saying. And I mean, like uh, we've had we've had some great games that were outsourced. I mean, uh, a matter of fact, I mean, Breath of the Wild is outsourced. Yep to uh, that, uh, to the folks that do the Xenogear, um, the Xenogear uh, Chronicles. Yeah. And then you also have, uh, you know, Smash Brothers been outsourced to Namco Bandai. So. Yeah. And of course, yeah. And, and, and that's not even the first time Zelda's been outsourced. I mean, we had Zelda outsourced with uh, Oracle of Seasons and Ages and Minish Cap. That was, those are Capcom games. You know, I, 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 I've been tempted to play those real quick on a side note. Should I? Yes. Okay. But then again, I would say, wait, because uh, there, there's, of course, rumors that they might be making remakes of those, too. <laughs> uh, you know um god there's so much i want to talk about like skyward sword i even got neil the world you know the new uh ace attorney i got so much shit but the, uh, next week can i propose something can we just talk about games next week i know oh, you yeah. do that on excess but we don't talk about news game headlines we just talk about what we play yeah all yeah, right okay we can do that because I know we are we are running kind of short on time because I'm actually we're doing this episode in between my my job. I was like, I got, I got a break coming up. Let's go do a podcast. <laughs> so uh, so, but yeah, with with um with, with Castlevania, I think they did a really good job with it. <clears throat> Not he man, but then again, you you could be right. You know, I just 
again, remember, I'm coming from a long-term He-Man fan, so yeah. I might be more jaded than you are. That, and that and that's something I take in, in consideration too. That's why, I like, when I hear people complain about He-Man, I don't take it per. I mean, for one, I should never take the shit personally. Anyway, no one should take the shit personally. But uh, you know, it, it gets it gets pretty rough out there in the internet nerdy world. You know, people get really upset about this kind of shit. Uh, so, um, you but, know, I, go ahead. But I was gonna say when I hear when I hear people complain about He-Man, as much as I enjoyed it. I don't get upset about it because I'm like, you know what? I, I'm coming. I'm coming from someone who hasn't really dived into He-Man as much as some of these other people, and I can understand their frustration because it's the way I felt with Castlevania season three. Right. You know. Right. And, and here's the thing: is with me, it's I, I rant and I rave about things, right? But you know me, I rant and rave, and that's about the end of it. You know, yeah. and I do kind of take it a little personally, but I'm also the guy who will forget about it and not think about it 24 seven. And I will play, I will move on to things I enjoy because believe it or not, there are a lot of things I enjoy right now. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the thing is, it's good to have those passionate debates and to have that, you know, banter and stuff like that. I think that's, that's really, that's what makes this hobby Rather, it's comics, video games, movies, whatever it is. That's what makes it enjoyable is being able to have that sort of passion. And passion leads to discussions. And sometimes discussions do lead to debates and arguments. But that's fun as long as it stays you know, civil. And of course, it's when it gets to the point where like, I remember when Last Jedi came out and I started making fake spoiler posts on my Facebook. And people started getting pissed off at me because they thought I was being legit. And then I was like, kind of making fun of people that were posting all day about how they weren't going to be on Facebook because they didn't want to get spoiled, yet they wouldn't get the fuck off Facebook. Yeah. And I was getting called out for that. Like, to me, that's silly. That you know, is silly. I'll tell you what, I had a really civil debate on the last video I made. Did you see the last video I made? Yeah, well, they, uh, ABGN. I don't know if you agree with that. Uh, I do agree. Okay, okay. 100%. There was one guy that was arguing about the financial aspect of it, and we got we had a pretty good debate. Now we didn't come out agreeing with each other, but it didn't end in like "fuck you, you're a stupid piece of shit," nothing like that. He understood my position, I understood his. His was like James Rolfe, in a sense, cannot let it go because it's a financial thing, which makes sense. But I believe there are sinister forces at work there, which you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, and I agree with that too. And and you know when you have Mike Matei leaving, that's something wrong with what's going on. And I don't like Mike Matei, just a heads up. But there's something wrong there. And you know what, James Wolf, he is clearly more passionate about films. And you know what, he may not get as many views as ABGN, but his film reviews get a lot of credits. You know, and I think. You know that he has felt a lot. He has brought a lot of joy to people's lives with the ABGN. I'm not going to lie, right? Right. But yeah. I don't think it's brought a lot of joy to him. I think that's the tragedy of it. Because let's be honest, I think he's been burnt out about it with it since around the time. He, I think he wanted to do the movie. I think he wanted to close the ABGN with the movie. Yeah. Yeah. No. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, and the thing about the ABG is, like, I don't really watch the nerd. Uh, 
I'll still watch Cinema Massacre when I'm one when I want to watch stuff that's not the nerd related. Like I like his yeah. film reviews, Monster Madness. I love that stuff. I love it when he does film reviews. I, I can't wait for him to talk about if he's going to talk about the new Ghostbusters trailer. I'd like to hear the, his thoughts on that. You know, uh, but other than that, I mean, like the, the the nerd. Like I feel like the nerd is is just that character is is one of the reasons why I don't do my Kevin Savage character that much. Right. My my character I have on my channel. I don't do that too much because one, I don't want it to become like the main focus of my channel. I don't want to. I don't want to urkelfy my YouTube channel. What I mean by this is, if you guys remember Family Matters, Family Matters didn't start out as the Steve Urkel show. Exactly. It started. Even, as, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I'll even step, go further than that. It was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. Most yeah, people don't know that. That's what I was going to say. It started off as a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. Then, you know, when Steve Urkel was like, I think he was like in the sixth episode or something like that, and it just exploded, and everyone was just all about Steve Urkel, you know? He was only meant to be in one or two episodes. And that's and that's kind of a, is a creative curse. Yeah. Because it puts you in a very tight spot because it's something you enjoy doing. Like, I'm pretty sure he did enjoy doing the nerd. But the thing is, is it's like, no matter what he does... There's going to be somebody in the back of me like when there's when there's going to be another nerd episode. You you know with me and my YouTube channel, Magus X One is not a character. You know this. Yeah. What you see is what you get. You and I have talked on numerous occasions. Is Magus X One Anthony? Is Anthony Magus X One? The same person. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I the yeah. way I am in the videos is not. I, it's not a showman. I talk like this. I'm always told I'm well spoken and I'm stuff. And I'm the. T I'm very argumentative. I, I'm not scared of anyone. I'm not trying to be a tough guy. I just don't take crap for anyone. I've dealt with asshole cops. I've told them off. I've dealt with asshole receptionists. I've told them off. Okay. I, I'm not saying it's something you go should go do, but I'm just saying I am that person that will argue with you in person as I do online. Right. And the reason I decided to be me and not a character is because with Magus, I can do the rant, but I'm not expected to always do the rant because I'm not always angry. Right. When, because I show a lot of emotion when I love something, and you know that. Like right now, I, I, you know, I could talk ends and I will defend the fuck out of Skyward Sword. I will defend that fucking game to no end. Yeah. So, you know. Um, real quick, I saw an article, uh, this website let a re user write an article. You know what? The article's so arrogant. It says, let's all admit, let's all, let's quit lying to ourselves. Skyward Sword sucks. Oh, jeez. So, do you, I, dude, I am about 25 hours in that game, and I fucking love it. And I think the problem is, is people is comparing it to Breath of the Wild, but you got to play as a different game. And I'm not saying it's a step backwards. If they made a Zelda game like Skyward Sword, I think it would still be well received. I still think it would be good. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's just people trying to fucking it's just people trying to get attention at this point, you know? Because yeah. I mean, because here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They can say Skyward Sword sucks all they want. All the people that were like threatening to boycott Skyward Sword because of that whole amiibo fanasco, guess what? Out of all this, Skyward Sword is one of the most best-selling games on Amazon. Okay, so how in the fuck does a game that everyone is saying that sucks so bad, is so fucking horrible, is a best-seller? 
And, and let me tell you something about that Mebo fiasco. There are so many save points in that game. I've never seen a game with so many save points just close to each other that you don't even need it. And it auto-saves, too. Yeah. Well, not only with the save, but to go back into the sky. Uh, Real quick, how do you feel about Skyward Sword? I, I need to play it a little bit more. I ha- Honestly, I haven't played that much of it. Okay. I, I got it, but I haven't played that much of it. Oh, man, I just beat the third dungeon, and I, I got to say, the one thing I did miss from Breath of the Wild is the big fucking boss battles. Yeah. I mean, in its own way, Skyward Sword has things that Breath of the Wild doesn't do, you know? Yeah. So that's all I got to say on that. Whoa, yeah. so much for Castlevania, sorry. <laughs> well, we this, to... this episode was called Castlevania More. I mean, we, we hadn't done an episode in, in a while, so we had a lot to talk about. Let's let's do yeah we let's do the games we're playing because there's so much I mean there's so these these little games that that I've been playing that are pretty obscure you know and and one last thing the Streets of Rage DLC is fucking awesome that survival mode adds so much life to the game yeah I'll have to check that out and one other one other thing too dude um one thing that's great about it too I will say Xander is now there's character customization with the moves. Nice. So now you could change moves. There, you, uh, but as you level up your character in survival mode, you you'll get an extra move. So you can mix and match moves to change. So you got the defensive move, the special move, and all that stuff. And then survival mode. Oh my god! It it just adds so much life to the game. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I have, I'll definitely have to check out that DLC. I am just in a passionate mood today, Xander. Well, I, I, I hate I hate to break. We'll definitely have to come back for an episode soon because while you're passionate, I have to passionately get back to work very soon. Oh, so, no. well, I don't yeah. know if you're passionate about that. But. Not really. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I know passionate. you would rather talk to me for a couple hours. Yeah, I, I'm very passionate for, uh, to get off work and uh, fix a cup of coffee or glass of wine and start Nocturne. I'm ready to start that game tonight oh let me know how that goes that's gonna be a game i'm gonna play in handheld mode i'm just gonna go underneath the covers and just forget about everything and just play nocturne that's what i'm gonna do (laughs) (laughs) anyway guys uh we want to thank you again for checking out another episode of blast podcasting and again uh, if you're checking me out on XS Game, or if you're checking me out on youtube.com slash Scullion, check out Anthony's channel too. Anthony, plug your channel. You've been making a yeah. lot of content lately. Oh, yeah, I have. M- Megasex1. Yep. It's just Ma- Megasex1. I'm, I am back. What do you think of the new content? It's good shit. Good stuff. And it's, it's a, is it back to old Megas, really? I, 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 think, I think there's only one. I think there's only one to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I think the thing about making the content again is it's real refreshing. And you know what? I, I, I don't use thumbnails. I don't use any of that, but I'm still getting – I'm my subscribers are going up. I'm going to be the anti-YouTuber. Yeah. I mean, I see there's successful channels with patrons that don't use thumbnails. I don't use thumbnails. They're just not – they don't fit me, do they? No, nah, I mean, it, it, it's – you go there to watch Anthony or listen to him. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to be. I don't need a stupid thumbnail. Your thumbnails are great, but you don't need like some of the more retarded ones, like with my mouth open and go, "Wow, look at Wonderment <laughs> to Mario." I fucking hate. Yeah, that's fucked. I, I'm go watch my channel. The end. <laughs> All right, guys. As always, we want to thank you for listening, and we'll be blasting off to the next episode.